Chapter Nine of the Green Odyssey by Philip Jose Farmer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine. It was a matter of two minutes to tie the Duke to a chair with several of the hunting whips hanging from the walls. Meanwhile, the Duke came out of his daze. He began screaming every invective he knew, and he knew quite a lot and promising every refined torture he could think of, and his knowledge was not poverty-stricken in that area either. Green waited until the Duke had given himself a bad case of laryngitis. Then he told him, in a firm but quiet voice, what he intended to do unless the Duke got him out of the castle. To emphasize his determination, he picked up a bludgeon studded with iron spikes and swung it whistling through the air. The duke's eyes widened and he paled. All of a sudden he changed from a defiant ruler challenging his captor to inflict his worst upon him to a shrunken, trembling old man. "'And I will smash every last bird in these rooms,' said Green. "'And I will open the chest that lies beyond that pile of furs "'and take out of it your most precious treasure, "'the bird you have not even shown to the Emperor "'for fear he would get jealous and demand it as a gift from you, "'the bird you take out at rare intervals "'and over which you gloat all night.' "'My wife told you!' gasped the Duke. "'Oh, what an eyesight she is!' "'Granted,' said Green. "'She babbled to me many secrets, being a feather-brained, idle, silly, stupid female, a fit consort for you. So I know where the unique Exurator statuette made by Aizan Yushua of Metzfamush is hidden. The class bird that cost the whole duke to make great tax, and brought many bitter tears and hardships from your subjects. I will have no compunction about destroying it, even if it is the only one ever made, and if Aizan Yushua is now dead, so that it can never be replaced. The duke's eyes bulged in horror. No, no, he said in a quavering voice, that would be unthinkable, blasphemous, sacrilegious. Have you no sense of beauty? Degenerate slave that you are, uh, that you would smash forever oh, the most beautiful of all things made by the hands of man. I would. The Duke's mouth drew down at the corners. Suddenly he was weeping. Green was embarrassed for he knew how great must be the emotion that could make this man, educated in a hard school, break down before an enemy. And he reflected upon what a strange thing a human being was. Here was a man who would literally allow his throat to be cut before he would display cowardice by bargaining for it. But to have the precious collection of glass birds threatened— Green shrugged. Why try to understand it? The only thing to do was to use whatever came his way. Very well. If you wish to save them, you must do this. And he detailed exactly the Duke's moves and orders for the next ten minutes. 
he thereupon made him swear by the most holy oaths and upon his family name and by the honor of the founder of his family that he would not betray green to make sure added the earthman i shall take the exurator with me once i know your word is good i'll take steps to see that it is returned undamaged to you can i depend on that breathed the duke hoarsely rolling his big brown eyes yes i will contact zingaro business agent of the thieves guild and he will return it to you for a compensation of course but before we conclude this bargain you must swear that you will not harm amra my wife nor any of her children nor confiscate her business but will behave toward her as if this had never happened the duke swallowed hard but he swore green was happy because though he was going to desert amra he was at least ensuring her future it was a long long hour later that green came out of his hiding place inside a large closet in the duke's apartment even though the duke had sworn the holiest of oaths he was as treacherous as any of the barbarians on this planet and that was very treacherous indeed green had stood behind the door sweating and listening to the loud and sometimes incoherent conversation taking place between the duke his soldiers and the duchess the duke was a good actor for he convinced everybody that he had escaped from the mad slave green had seized a sword and forced him to make a running broad jump from the balcony railing of course several guardsmen had seen a large man-sized object hurtle from the balcony and fall with a loud splash in the moat below there was no doubt that the slave must have broken his back when he struck the water or else he had been knocked out and then drowned whatever had happened he had not come out green his ear against the door could not help smiling at this despite his tension he and the duke had combined forces to heave out a wooden statue of the god Zuzupater, weighted with iron dishes tied to it so that it wouldn't float. In the moonlight and the excitement, the idol must have looked enough like a falling man to deceive anybody. The only one seemingly not satisfied was Zuni. She raised every kind of hell she knew behaved in a most undignified manner screeched at her husband because his bloodthirstiness and lack of restraint had robbed her of the exquisite tortures she'd planned for the slave who had attempted to dishonor her the duke his face getting redder and redder had suddenly bellowed out at her to quit acting like a condemned isot and go at once to her apartments to show that he meant what he said he ordered several soldiers to escort her. Zuni, however, was too stupid to see how perilous was her situation, how near the headsman's axe. She raved on until the duke gave a sign, and two soldiers seized her elbows. At least Green supposed they did, for she yelled at them to take their dirty hands off her, and propelled her out of the rooms. Even then it took some time before the duke could close the doors on his last guest. The little ruler opened the door. In his hand he held a priest's green robe, the sacerdotal hexagonal spectacles, and a mask for the lower part of the face. 
The mask was customarily worn when a monk was on a mission for a high dignitary. During the time the face was covered, the monk was under a vow not to speak to anyone until he had reached the person for whom he had a message. Thus Green would not be bothered with any embarrassing questions. He put on the robe, spectacles, and mask, threw the hood over his head, and placed the glass exurator inside his shirt. His loaded pistol was kept up one capacious sleeve, holding it with the other hand. Remember, said the duke anxiously, as he opened the door and peered out to see if anybody was on the staircase, remember that you must take every precaution against damaging the exurator. Tell Zingaro that he must at once pack it in a chest filled with silks and sawdust so it won't break. I will die a thousand deaths until it comes back once again to my collection. And I, thought Green, will die a thousand deaths until I get safely out of your reach, out of the city, and far away on a wind-roller. He promised again that he would keep his word as well as the Duke kept his but that he would also take every measure to ensure against treachery. Then he slipped out and closed the door. He was on his own until he boarded the Bird of Fortune. End of chapter 9